Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Well, tonight I want you to really focus because I'm going to talk to you about the importance of focusing on what's important and keeping that focus. Too many Christians are allowing the devil and the things of this world to steal the destiny that God has for you. How many of you here know for a fact that God has a destiny for you? Let me see your hands. Look around, everybody. Hallelujah. And if you didn't raise your hand, talk to one of these people, and they'll tell you how they heard their destiny, and so that you can receive yours as well. Amen? Hallelujah. The prophet Isaiah, in chapter 50, verse 7, he talks about setting his face like flint. Now, why would he say that? He's talking here about creating a stronghold. Flint is a hard, unyielding rock layer. It won't easily give away through anything trying to pass through it. I mean, you guys are in oil country here, you know, and if you're in the oil rig business, you know all about Flint. That's what tears up the, the drill bits and twists the pipes and costs a lot of money when you hit that, okay? And the thing is, is that it's, it, it forms a stronghold. Now, in that case, it's a bad stronghold. Now, a stronghold is any idea that governs an indiv- individual, a church, a community, a culture, or a nation. There's good and godly strongholds, and there's bad and evil and destructive strongholds. Making the Bible your stronghold is a good stronghold. Walking in it, living by it, it's a good stronghold. It's one that we need to develop. It's not just a foundation, but it it forms a defensible fortress, a paradigm, a way of life. You shouldn't just come here to church in order to be religious or to, or to uh, ingratiate your mind with, with information. It's not about religion. It's a way of life. We know your pastors. And your pastors, they, they pour their life into you. Their whole focus is, is church-centric, but you're the church. Amen? You come here like you originally came here as if this were a hospital to come get saved and healed and delivered and try to straighten out the mess that your life was in. I know all about messes. I was a mess, let me tell you. Some of you are still a mess. But see, the thing is, here you come to get healed. See? But once that happens, then you're supposed to turn this room into not a hospital anymore, but a classroom that you can come and learn what God has for you. Learn the word of God. Find out about Jesus, how he walked, how he talked, how he operated in this world. Why? So you can become more like Jesus. Amen? Wouldn't it be nice if Christians acted more like Jesus, right? I mean, that's why we call us Christians, right? Hallelujah. A focus breaker is a thought or a pattern that breaks in to break focus. 
Focus is a central point, a point of attraction, a point of concentration. Were you able to stick that in there? Hallelujah. There you go. Can everybody see the red dot? Most churches I have, I have this little sticker that I stick on the wall back there. And then the pastor's always wondering, you know, having deacons go and try to scrape that thing off before services. It's anything that breaks concentration, anything that breaks the attraction, anything that breaks the focus, anything that causes you to miss the mark is a focus breaker. There's an old English story about a hunter that gets him a brand new hunting dog. Now he's, in England, they sick the dogs on the animals, and in this case, it's a, a great stag or a deer with a big rack of horns, and he had seen this on the property, and he could just imagine this over the mantle in his, in his den. And so he, he releases the dog, and the dog is on the trail, and so you can hear him sounding as he's going over the hills and through the valleys and tracking that deer. Now, as he's going through, he said a a fox crossed his path. And when that happened, he turned and began tracking the fox. And it wasn't much longer that a rabbit ran across the fox's track. And so now he's running in circles everywhere the rabbit went, trying trying to track the rabbit. Well, it wasn't very long. And then a little mouse ran across the rabbit track, ran 20 feet and down a little hole about this big. Well, the dog, he got to the hole, he, he struck, a, struck a pose and started howling his head off and the hunter's there, takes his gun off safety and he's all ready, to, he can just envision that big stag over his fireplace and there's the dog pointing at a hole in the ground this big. Well, like I said, this is a story about a hunter getting a new hound dog and so he got him a new dog that day. What was the problem? The dog lost his focus, right? We don't want you to be losing your focus. Look, spontaneity is great and some wonderful things can come from spontaneity. I mean, we call, Marsha and I call those serendipitous blessings. You know, we get them all the time. But you can't live your life like that. See, I mean, you can expect them, you can want them, you can desire them, but see, the thing is, is that you got to make plans, you got to set goals, and you got to go for those targets. There's a lot to be said for keeping focus on that which we want to accomplish. Now, we're talking about focus breakers now. You are a spirit. What you saw in the mirror this morning is not really you. The real you is the spirit which lives within you, actually doesn't live within you, you are the spirit of this body. You have a soul which is your mind, your will, and your emotions, and then you live in this earth suit which is what you saw in the mirror. Some of us like it, some of us don't, okay? That's just the way it is right now. When you allow your spirit man to take ascendancy, to be on top, to be in control, to take dominion, to take authority over your soul and your body, that is the way that God designed you from the very beginning to be and to operate every day of your life 
Unfortunately, that's not how most people live their lives. Most of you on the way to church tonight, you were operating with your soul in, in charge. Your mind, your will and emotions, you were letting everything from work and life and, and, the, and the, the washing machine broke down and the car needs work and, and all these other things. Maybe you had an argument on the way to work, you know, I mean, on the way to church. You've got all these distractions to keep your, keep your spirit from being on top. Sometimes maybe you're, you don't feel well, you're, you're feeling pain or you're hungry or, or whatever, you're, and your body now comes on top. See, but we're designed, God designed you so that the spirit comes on top. And all you have in you to operate is what you fed yourself. So you got to feed on what's good. I mean, it's, there's good and bad television programs, and television's great, and technology's great, and Google's great, and all the things are great. But that's not going to feed you like the Word of God. Amen? You need to know what the answers are. This is loaded from, from Genesis to maps with promises after promises after promises, each and every one which your good faith offers made to you personally by God. Who are they made to? Does everybody say me. See, they're made to you. Now, if you just got a brand new job, it was a great job, it's a big company, and you heard that they had all kind of fringe benefits, but you didn't open the employee manual, maybe you get sick or, 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 or something else where you could really use one of the benefits. But if you don't know what the benefits are, how can you utilize them? Amen? Now, Pastor mentioned this, and, and uh, uh, I, I, was, I was healed incrementally over a four-month period of time after the doctor sent me home from the hospital to die from heart disease. They had already done open-heart surgery. The surgery failed, and they sent me home. They couldn't do any more for me. Well, the short version is, do I look dead to you? <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. Isn't God good? See, I got a brand new heart because God has parts. He's got parts, and they're factory installed. You don't have to wait for somebody to get knocked off in a car accident. You don't have to be put on a list. Well, that's another sermon. Okay, we won't go there. Your body is designed, and, and fear is the big thing. Because when fear happens, your body and your mind and your soul and, and your spirit are, is designed so that the, the soul and the body take a big step to the left and leave your spirit man in charge. And if the only thing that you filled and you fed your, your spirit man with is what Oprah said last week. What is it that's going to come out of your mouth in that emergency? Probably some bodily function, frankly. 
But what if you know what God has promised you? I mean, at the very least, I mean, if you need healing, you ought to at least have something to say about a healing scripture in here, right? By his stripes, I am healed. Amen? Or at the very least, Jesus. Right? One of our board members, she's driving down the 10, Interstate 10 there in, in California, and uh, I forgot where she was going now, but she's in the commuter lane right next to the little wall right there. The, some people call it in California the wall of death, you know, because it's like makes sparks down the side of your car. And so she's going, going down that road, and there's an accident right in front of her occurs. Cars all spin out and, and hit that wall right in front of her. She said the word came out of her mouth, Jesus. And they spun right out of her way and she was able to go on, not, a, not even a piece of glass or a piece of plastic in her way. See? I've heard story after story after story about people using the name of Jesus. Amen? You've got to know what the Bible offers you to take advantage of it. Fear is always a focus breaker. It'll, it'll break your focus. It'll block your path. It'll, it'll throw dirt in the air, smoke, fog, anything to obliterate where you're supposed to be looking. Listen to me carefully. Never, 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 ever, ever operate in fear. Don't act on fear. Amen? Don't do anything. Don't sign anything. <laughs> Don't go anywhere in fear. You put that aside. You master it. You, you conquer that fear and set it aside and get it under control before you, uh, before you act. Okay? That's some of the best, best uh, advice you'll ever get right there. Because, again... Your mind and your will and your emotion will step aside, leaving you helpless, open. That's why people, you know, when you scare them, they, you know, they look at that deer in the headlights look, right? Proverbs 23, 7 says, for he, a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Human reasoning and thoughts can be focus breakers. Luke 4, 1 through 14. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. For 40 days, Jesus was tempted of the devil, and in those days he did eat nothing. And when those days were ended, uh, ended afterwards he hungered. He was hungry. No, no, he was hungry. Okay. How many of you would be hungry after 40 days? Okay. I sure would. Now, when you're at your weakest point, who usually shows up? <laughs> Unfortunately, it's the devil or one of his lower level devils. And then the devil shows up and basically he says, if you are the so-called son of God, why don't you turn that rock over there into a big old loaf of French bread with butter running down it? What's he appealing to? The body, 
the mind, the will, and the emotions. When you're at your weakest, what does he come and tempt you with? Same thing. He's only got a small bag of tricks and he keeps using them over and over and over and we keep falling for them. Jesus was hungry. He was tempted. Everybody say this. Jesus was tempted. Do you believe it or not? I don't want you to dwell on it, but the worst temptation that you ever went through in your whole life, I want you to understand something. Jesus went through that too. Amen? You got to understand. He went through it and he did not succumb to it. Temptations can be focus breakers. But Jesus did not allow his focus to be broken. Every time that devil tried to get Jesus to break his focus, what did Jesus focus on? The word. He focused on the word. What did Jesus say? The word. Right? What do you have to know in order to speak the word? You got to know the word. Right? This, this book right here, this is, the, this, this is the logos. This is the belt of the armor that you draw the sword of the word out of. And you're drawing the sword out of the word is you saying what this says. Oh, Brother Tim, do we have to, have to start doing that again? You should have never quit. This is not... Uh, look, this is not designed to be put in a little glass case and hung in the wall where it says, in case of emergency, break glass. This is not designed to be your, uh, your escape of last resort. This should be the very first thing that you go to. And if you don't know at least some of what's in here before that happens... When the emergency occurs, honey, where's my Bible? Right? Let me tell you, from, from personal experience, you may not have time to find your Bible. Your family member may not have time for you to find your Bible. Moms, dads, you're responsible for your family. You're responsible to know what's in here. Okay, it got quiet. I'll move on. The world sometimes itself can be a focus breaker. Experiences, positive and negative, can be focus breakers. Wrong doctrines can be focus breakers. I mean, they can really trip you up. Sometimes they all sound really good, polished. Oh, wow, that's a great thing. You know, I just, that just kind of scratched my itchy ears and everything. And, and, uh, but then down the road when you're studying something else, now it's going to trip you up. It doesn't matter what Brother Tim comes here and tells you. If you don't look up what he's talking about, it's so important. The, the person in this world that you believe the very most above every other person is you. And only if you see it with your own two eyes. And if you want to enforce it, you read it out loud so you can hear it with your own two ears out of your own mouth. 
And then you're going to know it's there. And nobody can talk you out of it. Amen? I mean, is this too complicated? This is not rocket science, right? Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. They're all focus breakers. 1 John 4.18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love cast out fear because fear hath torment. He that fears is not made perfect or whole in love. Fear is a negative stronghold. There are people that are paralyzed by fears. Let me ask you a question. Well, first, I'll ask you two questions. First of all, do you believe that fear is part of darkness? Raise your hand if you believe fear is part of darkness. So here, right, put your hand down. Okay, the second question is, is it okay to have just a little bit of darkness in your life? No. That's why you can't, you can't tolerate fear or cope with fear. You have to conquer fear. There is a constant battle for focus. And there should be constant battle against focus breakers. Our focus should be A number one, foremost, above everything else, for us to become more like Jesus. Who am I talking to? Everybody say me. me. I'm talking to you. Everybody here, if you dare to call yourself Christian or Christian, your responsibility is to become more and more like Jesus. If you keep your focus on Jesus, then I promised you, you'll hit the mark. You won't lose focus. It doesn't matter what comes up. It doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter how much dust is thrown up. It doesn't matter whether there's a tornado or storms or, or it doesn't matter what's going on or how big the mountain is that raises itself up to try to intimidate you. If you keep your eye on the mark, as Christians, what's the mark for us? Jesus. It doesn't matter how big the problem is. He's bigger. He's more powerful. And if you're a born again, baptized Christian, I tell you what, you're a citizen of the kingdom of God and he'll see to it that every resource of the kingdom will come to your rescue. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. We need to run our race looking at Jesus as our focal point. There's one single solitary thing that every runner focuses on and that's the finish line. But sometimes from some vantage point, you can't see the finish line. But I've got good news because Jesus is always waiting at the finish line for you. So all you have to do is look for Jesus. Back in 1952, a lady named Florence Chadwick learned the importance of keeping focused on the finish line. She waded into the Pacific Ocean off Catalina Island and began swimming towards the California coast 26 miles away. The day was cold and, and a little foggy, and after several hours, a dense fog came rolling in. Now Florence had already swam the English Channel twice, and if she could finish that day, she would have won the, uh, she'd have broken all records on swimming. 
But after 15 hours in the water, for the first time in her entire career, she gave up and climbed back into the boat. Others encouraged her on, but but the fog uh, came in and she couldn't see the coast anymore. Of course, who was waiting for her on the beach when she finally got there on the boat? Defeated. She climbs out of the boat and now there's reporters there. They want to know, what happened? How come you didn't finish? How come you quit? She said, I couldn't see the finish line anymore. She said, once I lost that, she said, I lost my focus. And so I couldn't go on. Well, she came back, I think it was a year later, and nice, bright, sunny day. She swam it easily, and she broke all the records. Amen? She said, it was a fog. If I'd only could seen the land, I could have finished. As it turned out, she was less than a quarter mile from the shore. When you lose your focus on your goal, you lose all sense of progress, and you begin to give up. And once you allow your mind and especially your mouth to say, I give up, you're done. You are done. You might as well pack the bags, go home, because you're done. That's why you as a Christian can never say quit. You can't quit. Again, this isn't about church. This isn't about religion. This is about a way of life. And it's about committing to that way of life. You need to keep constantly focused on that goal that you've set to get you to where you want to go. For us to focus, you've got to find out the will of God. Where do you find the will of God for you? Hey, right, same place. You find the will of God in the word of God. Number two, listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. However the Holy Spirit communicates to you. Now, whether it's an audible voice, an interior voice, uh, a, a, a sense, uh, uh, some, you know, uh, uh, the impressions of a scripture, or however that is, listen to what he says and follow what he says. I mean, so often it's... it's People get all religious and they think that, well, how can the Holy Spirit talk to you? He's been talking to you your whole life. Number three, once you find out God's will for you out of the word of God, after you hear the Holy Spirit make that clear, one of his jobs is to teach us to help us, to comfort us, to keep us on the right track. And once we've found that out, we need to accomplish that goal, head for that goal, and hit that target no matter what. Everybody say that, no matter what. No matter what it costs, no matter how much time it takes. Now there it got quiet again. And get the job done. Always get the job done. God gave King David a mighty vision, but he never fully accomplished that vision because he lost focus. See, we can't allow sin and and things to come into our life to allow us to break focus. Vision's a must, but vision's not enough. 
You need sustained focus. Focus on getting into alignment and not allowing our focus to be broken. Focus on tearing down bad strongholds and building up good strongholds. Focus on Jesus. What did he do? What did he say? How did he act? How does he operate? It's all here. Father God sent Jesus here to give us this word and it was recorded and handed down to us. If you just had any idea of what it took just to get this in your lap tonight. And then in case we were too dense to even get that, Jesus came here personally to act it out for us. We have to focus, focus, focus. How many of you are ready to focus now? I mean, the, the world's a mess right now and getting worse. You know, it's hard to be a good, a, a, a good news preacher in a, in, a, in a rotten world. But that doesn't mean we have the, that doesn't give us license to, to break our focus. Amen? Do me a favor. Everybody say focus. focus. Say it again. Focus. Say it again. Focus. What are you going to do? Focus. That's right. Hallelujah. What, did you get something out of that tonight? Yeah. Hallelujah. Why don't you all stand to your feet here for a second? Just close your eyes, lift your hands, and just repeat after me. Say, Father God, we come before you now praising and thanking you now for everything that you've done for me. Now I ask your Holy Spirit to help me to hear his voice, to help me to find God's will for my life. And then to get the job done, no matter what the cost, I ask your Holy Spirit to help me focus on tearing down bad strongholds and building up good strongholds to help me focus on how Jesus walked, how Jesus talked, how Jesus operated here in this world. Help me now to focus, focus, focus on Jesus. And I believe by faith that I receive what I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give the Lord a shout of praise. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.